Good morning, children. If there is such a thing. Yo, Captain, if you could tell with the background noise, cars going back, dogs barking. He is hoofing it to the bus station over in Henderson. And he's going to get the kind Nevada and Las Vegas taxpayers to give him a dirt cheap ride to the airport. And so I wasn't able to do the podcast yesterday. We had a bunch of things go wrong and then not go wrong, but we're saying so many things are going wrong. Let's preemptively do some things so no more shit goes wrong in an emergency-like way. It was all water-related. And if you are a homeowner, or you just like living in dry homes, you know that water is very important. So a water heater basically went out, and then a pump for the pool went out. My buddy's like, look, I'll pay for your flight to come down here if you can help me do a bunch of this uh, shit. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I got a free trip to Vegas. But then it wasn't mission creep. Things kept going wrong that, that was not related necessarily to the original problem I came down to fix. And so the captain, I think was the, this has been the first time in probably a year the old captain put in two straight honest days worth of work. And it was more than that. It was, it was 12 hour work days. We basically just go eat and get back to work. Um, I think I got golf in once. And if I, if I did go to the cigar lounge, it was solely uh, to upload videos because their internet is amazing at the cigar lounge. The internet at this house is non-existent, so <clears throat> the old captain has to record all the videos in one shot and then go over to the cigar lounge and upload them all in one shot and puff away on a wonderful cigar. I haven't had a cigar in a long time. My favorite cigar lounge in the Twin Cities closed. They claim they're going to be reopening. <clears throat> it's over on the east side. This place is called Perfect Ash. And then uh, the building they're in got bought out because... Now hang on. Hold on to your hats, kids. Pay attention. Go sit down. I don't want to floor you with this one. So they bought the property, and guess what they're going to put on it? Are you ready? They're going to put in luxury apartments. Or maybe condos, luxury apartments or condos with. Now, here's the kicker. Here's where, where all those degrees in real estate management and property development and municipal development comes in. They're going to put some commercial space down below and rent that out. So, now we'll have, <clears throat> yet again, as far as the eye can see, a Starbucks, Subway, Walgreens combination. It's all you see nowadays. I, when I was a kid... Back in the 80s. When you went to a town, it was different. Well, you, you, you had Kmarts and you had Targets. That was, and Target wasn't too far before me. I think it was only a decade before the old Capmeister was born. But there was not this universal pull-in. There's the subway. There's the CVS. There's your uh, ExxonMobil gas station. There's your McDonald's. McDonald's have always stood alone. Uh, and now, it's standardized now, and I, I, I'm not necessarily against it, because it was this nice, uh, quaint idea of you traveling to a different town, and it actually was a different town. Okay, maybe there's a hardware hank there, but otherwise that, that was about it. There, there was the local mercantile store, there was the local bar, the local coffee shop. These things still exist, but you never even make it into the town no more. 
you're on the interstate. When you pull off the interstate, what do you got? You got your, your mass-produced cookie-cutter stores. And I'm not against that because it's standardized. I know that if I go to Subway, I'm going to get myself an okay salad. I know that if I go into that gas station, I'm going to get myself a Diet Red Bull. I don't have to pull off the interstate, go into town. I've done that now, and unfortunately, it's not quite the experience it used to be. Um, I will say that the local bars are still quaint. The local bars are nice. Not even necessarily for the drinking. It's just you walk in and see, okay, what, what's their neon sign look like? What's the interior look like? Oh, they still got the old um, stools from the 50s lined up at the bar. Doesn't look like the place has changed at all since it was open. So the bars have got a little character. And the drinks are all right. Drinks are standard. You know. Jack Daniels is Jack Daniels. But these restaurants, they're not, they're not the mom and pa truck stop restaurants don't really exist that much anymore. They exist at the truck stops, admittedly. But in town, it's over, man. Game over, man. No more quarters, man. It's now being taken up. Because those people back in the, heck, even the 70s and 80s, they're dead or they're retired long ago. Now they're taken over by Gen X dipshits. And they inherited it. These downtown areas, and by downtown I mean small downtown areas. Everyone's moved out of town. They've gone to the big city. They've gone to the regional town. Like a Syracuse or a Mankato. <clears throat> And uh, since there's no one left of the population, the downtown area is pretty obsolete and abandoned. And so uh, the local townsfolk and their semi-truck driving rig operation fails or Thelma Lou decides she's done popping out kids because she's had five of them since the age of 15. This is primarily Wisconsin, by the way. Uh, Thelma Lou, she's going to open up a coffee store. Hooey. I'm going to start a restaurant. Call it Sally Mays, and it ain't about the federal government, big corporation. And then they open it up. They have no skills except spitting out kids. And they run it like a, like a hobby. Perhaps they watch Cheers too many times. And then when you come through town... You see the place is closed or sold or for lease or for rent. And that's, that's the modern-day American entrepreneur. That's, and then she goes back to collecting, uh, well, not Wick anymore because I guess the kids are out. What does a retired piece of trailer tra Wisconsin trailer trash do once the kids are out of the house? I guess they just drink. The husband always usually works in some kind of blue, you know, a mechanic or he drives truck or something, but what does the wives do? What do they do? Their entire profession was having kids, starting in their teen years. It's... All right, now how do we manage this? This is where they, the light is green, but you're not supposed to walk. You don't get the walk sign. The old captain's going to break the law, and he's going to walk anyway. You know why? Because I'm not going to push that fucking button. Not gonna push that fucking button. You push the button now, and they it talks to you. Wait, wait. Who's yelling? 
a large black woman singing in her car. God bless her. <laughs> I thought she was yelling at me, and then also it was melodic, and she's just yelling out singing. <laughs> oh, how do you guys do this morning stuff? Oh, my God. The only reason I have half a smile on my face is because of the deal I'm about to get from the Nevada State taxpayer. That's about the only, only real reason. And there's a decent coffee store up by the uh, truck stop by the coffee store. I had to wake up. Why did I have to wake up early one time? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so the GF was going to drop me off at, uh, at the airport instead of taking two cars and paying. I said, okay, look, I'll wake up with you and I'll go to work with you. And I'd be getting up a little bit earlier and earlier. And I'm thinking, ah, I could get up at 6. I could do that. I even went to bed early. And of course, when you have to wake up early, that's, that's when you start getting your really good sleep. Like when you got nowhere to be, your sleep is restless. You wake up, you go pee 40 times. You're hungry, you get a midnight snack. You, you just don't get nightmares. Had a weird nightmare. Weird nightmare. Uh, with Atham one time. He had a weird nightmare about me. I had a weird nightmare about him. We're not gay. Well, maybe he is. I'm not. But, um, and it just wakes you, and it screws with your mind. It wasn't horrific, like, getting eaten alive. It was just, you know, it was, like, weird stuff. And not gay stuff, either. It was, it was really gay. The reason I'm not telling you what it was, because I can't remember. I just remember I had a very weird dream about Atham. And it, like, screwed with your head, can't sleep. All of a sudden, I gotta scratch my leg back here. All of a sudden, that alarm comes bright and early. Disrupts my incredible sleep I was otherwise having. And you're just, I was, I was just out of it. Just, oh. And so I'm completely worthless. I'm not kidding. I've had hangovers that have been better than that. I'm brushing my teeth. You're not awake. You're just this zombie going through the motions. And the GF already has coffee made. She's like this. And she's doing that. She's doing her hair. Like, oh my Practically almost singing because she just loves mornings. So she's driving. I'm like, I'm not driving. Probably safer that one. And I just sit in the passenger seat. And um, I'm just feeling, you know, just sitting there inventorying how I feel. I'm like, this sucks. This reminds me of my youth. This sucks. How do you, how do you people do it? I don't know if you guys ever had been this tired or got such little sleep but when you wake up your stomach starts to hurt not in a physical um, muscle skeletal sense but you just got this this tenseness in your stomach and it, it's not like you're gonna throw up but you're just like oh your body's saying what are you doing go back to sleep no I can't I have to pay for tuition. I got to study finance because I'm going to become a big-time analyst and I'll predict a housing bubble and then people are going to hire me for $3 million a year to be their bubble preventer. You watch, tightening stomach muscle. This will all pay off in the end. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was driving there. And the girlfriend, God bless her soul, is the second worst driver I know. And she will ride people's asses, and she will not pay attention. Like, even in my compromised state, 
I could see, you know, let me, I'll give you a tip on drive. You guys want to know how to be a good driver? Pay attention. That's it. Always look ahead, and, and you got to predict where the traffic's going to go. It's not that hard. You all have been driving ever since, you know, like two years old, ever since you've been conscious because you've seen your parents. <clears throat> you watch them drive. You know how traffic works. And you got to move and hustle and shake like there's an opening. Look out for this guy. All right, this lane's going to end pretty soon. Oh, no, no. I'd say she's a good second and a half behind where I'm observing, uh, which is huge when driving. That's huge. That'll get you there to work in an extra, you know, five, ten minutes if you're paying attention. Well, maybe not ten minutes, but definitely five. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't need you to be stressed about this. I don't need to have this this lack of sleep hangover, this tightening stomach thing. I, uh, it, was, it wasn't terribly tight. It's just like at the verge of that. I'm, I'm just going to close my eyes. And if we crash, we crash. And um, so we got down there. And it wasn't until, yeah, even getting on the plane later that day, it was, um, it's just, oh, it's horrible. Half your day is shot. Now, see, here's the, here's the thing is, you guys don't notice it because you're at work anyway, and your day is completely shot in that regard, and work is so monotonous and unchallenging. Um, you don't realize it because whether you were, you got a full day's rest, that probably even be worse if you got a full day's rest and you're all peppy and ready to go, and then you have your spirits beaten out of you because you went to work. <laughs> And you were, you were happy, you were excited, but then after the commute and queuing up on the metered ramps like the good little lemmings everybody is, and then dealing with traffic and paying for parking and walking in the cold, sit at your computer, you go into that 8 a.m. meeting where you got everybody there that has nothing to do with your job, and you like to fall asleep, but you can't. Listen to somebody drone on and on that has absolutely nothing to do with your job, and they're preventing everybody else from getting their work done. <clears throat> and then your boss gets up to speak, says something about something that has nothing to do with your, your job. I don't think I had one meeting where that meeting I walked away with a takeaway, something that was tangible to my job that I was going to do. They would talk about our work. They would talk about what needed to be done. But it never changed what I had to do. <laughs> It never, it, it was quite literally a waste of time. Meetings are bullshit. 100% complete bullshit. Wrote about it before when I was working at the bank, one of the banks. And they had an all-staff meeting at one of their far-flung branches, way the hell out in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Uh, ask them look that up. Uh... And if to tell you where that is, that's a good hour and a half, two hours west of the Twin Cities, and most of the branches were in the Twin Cities. This is the most far-flung branch you could have had anyone meet at. And uh, we all drive out there, and I actually started calculating how much money the company was losing having everyone drive out to the meeting, sit there and listen, and no one was saying anything. It was, well, strategic ambition. Let's tell you how this bank's going to go into the into the future, and we got some great initiatives, da-da-da-da-da. It's, it's probably quite literally like taking all your soldiers, you know, you're in war, and there's a front line, and the enemy is advancing, and like, you got to hold them off. Oh, wait, hey, meeting, guys, come on back to 
come on back to the tent. You know, and then they tell you about why you're fighting the war and some initiative. You know, we're here to go and protect freedom and defend the interests of the United States. And, you know, we got some great leaders here. And let me introduce you to Staff Sergeant Roy. Staff Sergeant, please take it. Yeah, okay, well, so we're here. And thank you, Lieutenant Johnson. And, well, um, you know, so the enemy, this is what they're training to do. And they're, uh, they're going to attack with guns and weapons. And, you know, we got some of the best trained people here. And we, you're going to use your training, you know. To, and every soldier's like, uh, can I get back to my fucking post? <laughs> do, do you want us to attack that hill? We'll attack it. They don't do that in the military. The military's a little bit more like, attack that hill. Why? Because I said so. We figured it out back at base. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you want to do? All right. Hey, sergeant, you, you go attack that hill. How do you want me to do it? I don't give a damn. You're the sergeant. Figure it out. All right. I don't imagine there's a lot of wasted time at meetings in the military. Although I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm sure once you get up high enough at brass and you just, it's just, I don't know. Are there boring platitudes bespoke at military meetings? I'd imagine it'd be a little bit more literal. How many tanks we got? What's the fuel? Where are they? Where do you want them deployed? <clears throat> What's the objective? What's our assets? Okay, I'll take care of it. Do we shoot women and children? No, you don't want us to shoot women? Okay, we won't shoot women. <laughs> oh, that's what our enemy does. Oh, okay. I thought we'd adapt our tactic, their tactics. All right, now I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the button. All right, I'm gonna hit the button. Wait. Was that gonna tell me to wait? He says, "Wait, wait." Oh, it's already turned. That's why it's not telling me to wait. Man, there's nobody here. Look at this. Roads are normally filled. Oh, wait, it's Saturday. Oh, shit, that's why there's no one around. Look at this. Look how sad this is. Cappy's up 6 a.m. on a goddamn Saturday. <clears throat> Talking to a couple buddies over the interwebs. And I wasn't bragging, but it came off that way, which I don't mind because I like to rub it in their faces. Uh, he said... You know, what about Tuesday or Friday? I'm like, guys, there's, I don't know what. Just pick a day. Pick a day. It doesn't matter to me. I'm good. We just want to know your schedule. What is your schedule? What you, where have you been? Do you know who I am? I don't do days anymore. It's what, what day, every day's a Saturday. What, what do you want me to do? And now the day I got to work, kind of, it's a Saturday. I've uh, got a strike against me on the Twitters. Uh, which is alright, because I've been trying to do as little social media as possible. I have a backup channel, Asshole Consulting, although I think it's just Asshole Consult. Because you, they don't give you enough characters to spell out, spell out Asshole Consulting. <clears throat> so if you guys want to go ahead and just follow me over there instead. But I'm not even logging in, because I am so sick of social media. Not... Not even because of all the politics and that's all anybody posts. I, I get that. But I'm just so sick and tired of looking at that damn phone. I had all the social... I got a new phone. I installed all the social medias that I'm on. And my God, they're, they're just begging for attention. They're like a little three-year-old that just constantly hounds you for attention. It dings, it notifies you, it pulls on your leg. And then I, I start looking at these notifications... And my guy, they have nothing to do 
with anything I signed up for. They're like spam notifications. Some some robot followed you. Do you know that Twitter had a bunch of people people bunch of robots following me. One picture was just a yellow square. That was that that robot's avatar. It was just a yellow square. If you ever click on one of their profiles, it's random pictures with general sayings. You get like, what is this shit? Don't you guys have algorithms or software to prevent this? <laughs> Facebook started posting me notifications to a group that I don't even belong to, but enough of my friends do, so they thought I just would like to join the merry little band, which I don't. And so, in the olden days, you see, that's how they got you. In the olden days, there'd be a notification, and you'd be like, oh, this was important, because it was important, something happened. It was also when I was starting to grow in popularity and get my, my following, and, um, you know, people would read my books or book sales, and <clears throat> there'd be a notification. Usually someone wrote an article about, you know, there'd be an actual, oh, someone mentioned me here, of, of significant uh, popularity and followership. Now, it's not even telling me my friend Bob farted on Tuesday. It's a robot. It's nothing. And in the past month, it's, 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 that's gone up threefold, where Facebook is notifying me about every little piece of shit thing going on, stuff I've never signed up for. Twitter, the same thing. I said, ah, that's it. No, I'm, del I'm deleting these off my application. I had Instagram, some millennial dipshit kid, no offense, he's, I'm sure he meant well, maybe not a dipshit, but for this advice he recommended, it was dipshittery. He's like, Captain, with all the motorcycling you do, you should get an Instagram account. I'm like, oh, okay. And knowing that people before it said, hey, Aaron, you should get a YouTube channel. I'm like, ah, look at that, you know, who's going to use that, dude? So I'm like, all right, maybe this Instachat, or the... Uh, this, the Facebook or whatever, this new one, this Instachat, no, Instagram, uh, this will be the new thing. And I started putting up all my pictures there, and uh, all, surprise, surprise, all my friends were on the Facebook, over on the Instagram. And uh, people like my pictures, but it didn't help me sell more books. I'm kind of like, how is this any different? No one's fighting. You know what Instagram is for? Instagram is for you. So that if you're younger, you can put good-looking pictures of yourself up there. So when some girl or guy wants to meet you <clears throat> over the Internet now, because that's how it's done, you don't meet in person anymore. It's all over on the Internet now. Um, you say, oh, here's my Instagram. And they look, oh, my goodness, isn't he a handsome fellow? I think maybe after six months of interacting over the Internet and sending him nudie pics, uh, then maybe I'll actually meet him in person. And then it'll be very awkward because we'll look at each other because we're, we're young millennials and Gen Zers and we don't know what it's like to meet somebody in the real world and in person. God, I hope he doesn't want to touch me. God, I hope he doesn't want to have sex. <laughs> and all you dipshit boys, I have social anxiety disorder. Well, how about you sit down a fucking smartphone <clears throat> and you go meet. Don't they have dances anymore? I remember in the olden days we had dances. No one taught us how to dance. Why would you? You kids will figure it out. We're baby boomers. We're too busy with steep learning curve. Hit the ground running. <coughs> that would make a great political cartoon. Maybe uh, RJ could draw it. 
you have a mother giving birth in 1980, and there's the father, kid's born, and then the dad looks at the kid, drops him, says, hit the ground running, and they both walk away and leave the kid there. <laughs> kid's got a perplexed look on his face. Yeah, what do you guys do? Like when you, 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 you wait, oh, getting back before I jump ahead. So there's these dances, starting in the middle grade, middle school. You know, uh, oh, what is that? Sixth grade, seventh grade. You don't know what's going on. You all you know is you want. I want that. What do you want? I want that girl. She's cute. What do you want? I don't know. I like. I like how she does her hair. I like pigtails. I like, I like Amy Sue. You go to your dad. How do I get her? Oh, you know. Well, I don't have time. To explain that to you. How do I dance? I don't know. We, we said to hell with that waltz and swing dancing and Charleston stuff that our grand your grandparents did. We just did pot and drank beer. Somehow it happened. So you said your kid to a dance. Kid doesn't know how to dance. They play music and all the kids do is they kind of, oh, they got the wallflowers. But inevitably you get out there and you shake around. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Looking like a complete idiot. You're supposed to get girls. Not only is it hard enough to get girls, then you throw dancing and music in there without training, without any lessons. Oh my God! Yeah, that's a that's a huge handicap. No girl's gonna dance with you or go out with you after you're shaking your twiggy little. What do you weigh in the sixth grade? Eighty pounds, maybe ninety. Although kids nowadays, I don't know, maybe they they break a hundred in the sixth grade. Oh, those dances. And then, then, then you walk away, and there was, you know, you, you didn't, I didn't, nothing happened. What was supposed to happen next? I went, I danced, I went on the floor. When, when, does, when does Amy Sue, like, come over here and hold my hand? How does this work? See, then, it, that, that, was, that was without the partner, and they're playing modern music. And I'm not sure if any of you baby boomers or Gen Xers or now millennials or Gen Zers are aware of this. But you see, that old fart generation that was a bunch of squares, man, and don't trust anyone over 30, man, it is, you know, fought World War II and survived the Great Depression. What they would do is they would have formal dances, not formal in the sense of wearing a tuxedo and an evening dress, they had those too. But there was formal songs and moves and actual dance routines that went along with it. So you would learn how to waltz. You would learn how to foxtrot. And different types of songs would be played to different types of dances. And you would go up to Amy Sue back in the day. And you would say, Amy Sue, do you know how to swing dance? And Amy Sue would say, well, yes, I do. And said, would you like to swing dance with me to this song? And she would say, well, yes, I would. And then what would happen is, and it was very crafty and cunning. And, of course, you guys know better because you're younger and, and, you know, fuck history. Um, not only is there a comfortable structure by which you and this young lady uh, execute the moves and, and, and enjoy the dance, uh, you're also holding each other. You have physical contact. And that is huge. You jump. Look at how smooth and effortless and worry-free, anxiety-free that is. You, you don't, the concept, it's already pre-established that, yeah, you have to hold hands. You have to hold a shoulder blade. You're going to have to put your hand on her hip or move her that way. Um, that concept of getting that first, first initial contact is immediately taken care of, glossed over, no problem. <clears throat> 
And now the SJWs even got into that. I told you guys that before. Maybe I didn't, but I did go to an old swing dance venue. I used to see what it looks like, and holy cow. It's been taken over by the SJWs. See, because the boys, they still want to dance with the girls. And the girls, they still want the attention. And um, they, I was talking to my buddy who runs the thing. He's like, dude, you got to understand this. These kids are so screwed in the head. Um, they, the boys and the girls have to lead, learn both lead and follow. Because if you're a guy and you only lead... Well, you're considered sexist because, you know, you're, you're, a you're adhering to traditional sexual norms. <laughs> and you, it doesn't matter because when I went there, these are some of the ugliest kids. The ugliest kids ever uh, in the history of college. College-age kids. And um, it stank. Stank something ferocious because, yeah, I'm sure they're using their organic deodorant. I'm sure the women uh, have their hairy armpits. He said he saw only two. He says, I've only seen two. I said, oh, I thought they'd be all over. Um, so that's that's not it. The, the whole point of dancing, and many women got offended by this, even when I was in my dancing days, was to meet a girl and get laid. Maybe find your wife. That's that's the whole point of what dancing was. Now, it was fun. It was fun. You could turn it into a craft, as I did. You know, you make some money on it. And, uh, you enjoy it thoroughly and learn different moves. You certainly dance with your friends. You have no intentions of begging. But I was talking to my buddy, um, and he's he's single, but he's my age, and he doesn't even bother going dancing anymore because the women are so hideous and they're throwaways and the rejects. Not that the men are catches either. Um, but we were talking about like, do you remember how we'd stay up? You know, we'd close places down, and and the whole reason that was the only reason that was, is because men were hoping to get some. And you'd go out, you stay late at not not just for dancing, but going out in general. Like, you learn all these moves, you get really good so you can impress the girl. It wasn't so you could become a great waltzer. It was so you could get some girl. It was so you could get some trim. You go out there, you show your moves, you show your... It's just peacock feather fluffing, that's all it was. But girls liked it because they got the attention. They got to go on the dance floor, they got to look like a million bucks. They got their twirly dress they bought... It was wonderful and beautiful what uh, the older generation set up for us. Too bad, too bad you guys spit in their faces. And, you know, change is good. Change is good. What do the older people know? What do they know through their 80 years of wisdom built upon 2 million years of human history? Fuck it, they don't know anything. We know better. There's no more male lead, female follow. doesn't work that way anymore. We're all going to stand and look at each other and not shave our armpits. I don't know why I'm getting a fur baby at the age of 43. <coughs> oh, that fur baby thing came out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming. I guess you could have predicted it. I guess you could have figured that out. See, the difference, let me tell you the difference between a fur baby and, and T.J. Martinell, <coughs> uh, his dog, Reese. Now, it's not his dog. See, that's the first thing right there. T.J. sat and thought about, do I want a dog? And like me, at a very similar age, I too wanted a dog, but I had to inventory my life and say, well, do, am I going to be able to be a good uh, master to this dog? You know, you got to feed it, da, 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 what's my life like? And uh, TJ wisely concluded, I, as I did, I can't get a dog. Much as I like to have a dog, I like to not have a dog. You know, but those of you in the barrio, the ghetto, or the trailer park, you guys don't care about that with kids. Like, oh shit, let's spit them out, who dang? 
Where was I going with this? I wanted the dog. I didn't want the dog. Oh, the fur baby thing. So he gets to borrow Reese. He, he gets to borrow the neighbor's dog, Reese, and go on hikes. And the neighbor loves TJ to death because he takes the dog out for the hike. Reese loves TJ because uh, his master uh, is an older woman, can't go on these great hikes. And Reese does, or I'm sorry, TJ does. But then he returns Reese back to his master. Um, and so that's not fur baby. And, and there's some guys, I know one guy, he has a dog. <clears throat> but he got the dog. Oh, he got suckered. That's how they get you. That's how they get you, those dogs. They get you with those puppy eyes. He went to this not a, a, a charity fundraiser for something. I think it had to do with dogs. And uh, you got to pet the dogs. And they're very sly how they do that. They, they get you addicted to the first hit free. And then, and so this dog just warmed up to my colleague. And also he came home with a dog he wasn't expecting. And uh, it worked out great. He could, he could imagine his life without that dog. That's not fur baby. Fur baby is where... Let me give you an example. I have a friend I love her to death. Every time I go over there, there's a new damn dog. You know, kind of like a lot of gals, will, they'll go through foster children left and right. Had another buddy date a gal who was like this foster mom. And she'd just volunteer and volunteer and volunteer. And um, until this guy she dated says, you're getting rid of the foster kids. You're getting rid of the horse. Uh, if you want to date me. And then she immediately stood at attention and saluted. <clears throat> Once again, providing a little bit of empirical data that sometimes women just need to be told what to do, gentlemen. But uh, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of the same mentality where if it's not really for the dog. It's not for the kid, or the foster kid. It's, it's for the aging woman that wants to have kids but doesn't want to tolerate his husband. And that's fine, ladies. That's fine. You can't find a man in your 40 years of life, 30 years, well, maybe not 30, in your certainly 25 years of puberty, when I, and presumably you're interested. In a quarter century, you couldn't find one man. Thousands, literally thousands of men throwing themselves at you, asking you on a date. I'm sure there wasn't one quality man in that thousands that threw themselves at you. And I'm sure you judged them in the awkward approach that took courage and some guts and they didn't want to insult you. You probably judged them on their performance there and not their potential long-term performance. That's all right. You couldn't find a man. But by God, you, you could go and find yourself a ton of fur babies. You could go to the local animal shelter and for $15 and some shots, you could get yourself... A surrogate family. That is it a real family, but you will believe it's your family. And, and it's your substitute. It's your substitute. And it's predominantly women that do this. I have not seen a, uh, what's it called? Animal rescue. That is, that is heavily skewed female. That's like nursing or elementary education. That's heavily skewed. Um, I bet you if you went there, that's 80% gals and... <laughs> The 20% of guys that are there are just there to score on the chicks. <laughs> oh, what do we got? Oh, did this stop? I hope it didn't stop. Okay, Orion's Cold Fire. want to endorse him. He keeps paying me regularly. I'm like, dude, really? You making your money on this? But um, let's uh, do him a, a solid favor. Go to orionscoldfire.com. 
Uh, check that out. What's this? Oh, it's just a light. I thought it was an SP card. Uh, Orion'sColdFire.com. Check that out. He's got some great photography. He's an adventurer such like myself. I'm kind of curious what he looks like. You know, you see somebody's work on the internet, um, and that work then forms your uh, viewed imaginary image of him or her. And I'm kind of wondering what he's like, because if he's out hiking, I, I recognize these. I'm like, that's Tip of Sierra Nawa. That's Angel's Landing. That's that's uh, that's the trailhead to you know Mount Olaf. What? How, how do you, where are you going that I'm not running into you? So um, his adventuring is why I like his site. But he also does conservative writing and all that. So imagine a photographer who's a conservative libertarian type of politics. He does have some articles. Uh, but check that out, Orion'sColdFire.com. Check out all the other sponsors. Uh, I got my Patreon. I got the PayPal. If you want to throw away money, you want to throw away money? Sure, donate it to me. I'll make sure it goes to good uses. <laughs> if you donated any money to me, your money went to, like, copper fittings and pipes. That's where your... And uh, pressure valves. That's where your, uh, that's where your money went. Um, <clears throat> but in a more serious manner, if you want to help out the show and help out the old Capmeister, all you have to do is go use my Amazon affiliate program. The easiest way, I think, to find it is go to olderbrother.com slash donate, and then there's the three main ways. You got to go there first. You can't go to amazon.com. You got to click on that link because then Amazon knows where you came from. If you just do all your online shopping through that link, go ahead and bookmark it if you need to. I would really appreciate it. It doesn't cost you anything more, and I get myself a 7% commission and cut. That uh, free asshole consulting day may actually be paying off. Um, we're coming up on the, the full e a month that's been implemented. Adam Piggott, the doubting Thomas that he is, who hasn't put up a podcast in quite a bit, quite a ways. I was kind of hoping to download it and listen to it later. Um, he, he mocked the old captain. Here he is, rookie noob. Maybe he's got one or two pubes growing there on his online media personality. He's been in for, for two years. He's got three pubes. Three pubes worth of experience in this podcasting business. And he insults, not insults, he doubts the captain. He mocks the captain about free asshole consulting day. Uh, but I think I had a record month for Amazon affiliate sales. We'll see if that holds. But, uh, you know, that's it. Oh, captain developed a whole new pitch. Slider, curveball, fastball, spitball, knuckleball. Cappy ball. Oh, my God, cappy ball revolutionary way in pricing and making money on the internet. Who knew? And everyone mocked him and ridiculed him at first. I think the earth goes around the sun. Heresy! Anyway, uh, shout out to Adam Piggott. I hope you uh, get a podcast going on. That'd be cool if you did. Alright, that's it for the Cleary Podcast. I'm going to upload this when I get to the airport. I'm going to get myself a coffee and enjoy a heavily subsidized ride from the taxpayers of Nevada. Toodles.